People think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Welcome to Kidney Talk, and we're going to be so motivated after we talk to Sherry Guilford. Yes, Sherry Guilford and I have so much in common. We're the You're same both age. Short. Yes, I think I'm taller, though. Are you really? <laughs> yes, I think I am. Um, we're the same age. We were diagnosed with kidney disease. Actually, started dialysis at the same age, and we've both been married the same amount of years. But two different husbands. Yes. <laughs> I see. But I think I'm taller than. I her. mean, you don't have that swinging thing going on where you swap <laughs> husbands and stuff. No, yeah, she's and what a motivator she is because oh. you know she didn't used to exercise at all or do any activity. It, and she's going to tell us how to get motivated, Stephen. Oh, my gosh. I really need that because sometimes I really don't feel like doing anything. I know. She's a great example of how to just live your life. And she's an incredible graphic artist. She does the majority of all of our graphic arts for Renal Support yeah, Network. She I, does I the newsletter, Live stuff, and Give, yeah. incredible artist. And, you know. She just is a naturally born artist. She didn't go to school for it. And where I'm listed as a transplant is where she lives. And she says she's going to help me out when I get my kidney. Oh, I just love pretzels. Let's, let me see here. One serving is six pretzels? What, are they kidding me? Who only ate six pretzels? I have to stay on my renal diet. I know. I can bite part of one pretzel, then bite the side of another pretzel, and then I hook them together, and I can count that as one pretzel. Mm. Boy, that was good. You know what I love now? A big gulp. Now if I fill it up halfway, and then drink it, and refill it to the top, now that won't count towards my daily fluid intake. Or will it? Make the connection. Eating high-sodium foods makes you thirsty, which will make you retain more fluids. Do you want to share a tip on how to stay within your fluid limit? Email us at kidneytalk at rsnhope.org, and we'll let our listeners in on your different tips. Well, we're here with the exercise guru, also known as Sherry Guilford. And I know Sherry. Yes, she's one of the pep speakers. She does all the graphic work for the RSN. Oh, my God. She's amazing. I love Sherry Guilford. And she's going to talk to us today about how to get motivated to exercise. The hardest thing in the world to do. My gosh, Sherry, you're here. You've been listening to us. I've been listening. And how do you now? How do you motivate us? Because I'm really unmotivated to exercise. I hate exercising. Well, there's a lot of good motivators for exercise, and of course, everyone probably knows all the motivators for exercise. I don't because I don't like to exercise. (laughs) Well, you know, it lowers your blood pressure. It gives you a stronger heart. It actually builds bone. 
it gives you more energy. It gives you a greater sense of well-being. You have a stronger lung capacity so you can breathe better. You have better circulation in your blood, which always helps dialysis patients. They need better circulation. So there's so many benefits to exercise. The problem is, is most people are not motivated, even though they know all the great things that exercise can do. And you're speaking from personal experience, so tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, you used to weigh like 300 pounds, didn't you? (laughs) I hope not. I'd roll down the street. (laughs) For those of you who can't see Sherry, I think I'm taller than her, just to set the record straight. (laughs) Yeah, she is what they call a petite person. I was very unmotivated for exercise. I hadn't exercised my whole life. And when I met my, to then be future husband, he's now my husband, he said, you have to start exercising. And I told him, you don't understand. I have a low blood count. I have waste products in my blood. I have bones that are breaking. Now, this was your romantic talk before the date? (laughs) It was. (laughs) Very romantic. And this was while you were on dialysis, or did you have a transplant at this time? I still had a transplant, but I was very unhealthy, and my kidney was failing. So I did still have a low blood count and those kinds of things. And then when I I did go on dialysis also, and I still felt that terrible. Okay, so he motivated you. So what did he say? Let's go hiking, honey. (laughs) Well, actually, he loves to hike. And he said, I'd like us to hike someday. And I really wanted to, but I'm like, I have all these problems. Exercise is not going to help me. Well, he said, well, just try it. Just try it. So my mother already had um, a membership to a gym. So I decided that, well, that would motivate me if I had to go somewhere then, and I was paying money because I'm a bargain hunter. So if I was paying money for something, I figured I would definitely do it. Well, the only problem is you had to disguise yourself to look like your mother, right? <laughs> Her picture was on the gym card, wasn't it? I got my own. Oh, you got your own. I know you're a bargain hunter. I know you're a bargain hunter, but you know, to to dress up like a 60 year old woman is not the right thing. Well, anyway, my mother would pick me up every morning, or all three times a week, and we would go to the gym. That's exercise in itself, picking Sherry up. And she would drive me. So when she drove up to my house, I had to be ready. And then we would go to the gym and we would walk a mile around the track, just slow walking to get warmed up. And that was our mother-daughter time. It was really wonderful. So I looked forward to these gym days. Well, then I started to do some small, some lightweight lifting and just to start getting my, my limbs moving, basically, some stretching and just simple things. Well, my husband also was in on this. So my mother was helping me. We lived on a hill. And so my husband would drag me out at night and say, let's go for a walk. <laughs> oh, wow. So you, would, you could walk down the hill, but then you had to walk up I the hill. I had to walk up the hill. And he literally would keep trying to go a little faster. And I said, no, no, slow down. And I'd be huffing and puffing. Well, you know, I did this for five months. And I did not see any difference. In fact, I was so tired sometimes I could barely make my bed in the morning. And I would come home from the gym and I would just be on the couch the rest of the day. I was exhausted. I'm like, this is not doing me any good. See, I told you, David. See, this is really not helping me. (laughs) I told you so. (laughs) Well, I did this. He said, well, keep at it. Keep at it. So I did because I I tend to be persistent anyway. And after about the five-month mark, and this is why you really need to be persistent, suddenly I started to feel better. I came home one day and I had all this energy. I made dinner. I cleaned the house. And I'm like, where is this energy coming from? I never had this energy. So it had nothing to do with that you drank a case of Red Bull. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, it did not. In fact, I hate caffeine. But anyway, 
I was just suddenly filled with energy. She hates caffeine, would you? (laughs) (laughs) She's so perky. (laughs) Well, we lived in a one-story apartment. We lived on the first floor, and there was one step into the apartment. And when we first moved there, I could barely sometimes make it up the one step. Well, then we moved. After I'd been exercising for a while, and I was really much stronger, we moved actually to a third-floor apartment. Oh, wow. No elevator. No elevator. Ah. And there were days when I could actually go out do my workout at the gym, then I'd go grocery shopping, I'd carry six bags of groceries, about three trips, up the stairs, then I would go out again and go to the library and bring about two bags of heavy books up the stairs, then I'd get home and I'd fix dinner, and I still had energy left. And I'll tell you, exercise totally revolutionized my life, and I had no idea it would ever do that. So now I've been exercising regularly for about nine years because I've been married to my husband for nine years and that's about the time I started. And we can't get her to stop. She's exercising while she's doing the interview. I know. She's sitting there doing push-ups as she's speaking. She's speaking. Please, stop. I mean, it's like, oh my goodness. For the people listening out there, just tell them a little brief little synopsis of your background because they'll think, oh, you're different. You, you know, you had a transplant, but you have a history as long as mine living with kidney disease. Yes, that's true. I was diagnosed at age 11 in 1976. I was on one of those very old machines, which all of you out there that are dialysis patients now, the new machines are tremendously better, and be thankful. But I was on a very older machine, and I was on that for six months, and I felt really awful. But then I got a transplant from my brother, and that lasted for 12 years. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, it was very good. And I, my, one, my brother is wonderful. We have a great relationship now. But then I, it did fail after time, and I had to go back on dialysis for a couple of years. I got a second transplant, which lasted seven years. Then I went back on dialysis when that failed in 1998. It was actually shortly after I got married. And I, I did dialysis for eight years. I did peritoneal. I did in-center hemo. And I also went home and did nocturnal home hemo. So I've done pretty much everything you can do as a dialysis patient. So yes, I do have, I've been around the block a few times and all I can say is exercise really made a difference. And wow, you got she's a been around the block. She's been around the block and she got another transplant She ran around the block. Ago. When we come back, we're gonna hear more about her running and please stop, stop it. with the sit-ups already, stop it. <laughs> Driving a cab in a Big Apple could really get on your nerves. With all the traffic, the noises, the rude drivers. Oh, watch where you're going, wise guy. Get some glasses. Oh, where was I? Oh, yeah, the rude drivers. There's one thing I wish was a little louder or not so quiet. Secondary hyperparathyroidism. I know it's a big word, but you know what? It's a big problem. It's often referred to as a silent disease. I didn't even know what I had until I experienced weakness, achy bones, itchy skin, and sexual dysfunction. But you didn't hear that last one from me. Some people call it the bone disease because of the loss of too much phosphorus and calcium. But what you don't know, Mr. Smarty Pants, is that it also affects soft tissue like the heart, the lungs, the blood vessels, bada bing, bada boom, and that's about everything. So don't be a wise guy. Wise up and talk to your doctor about the big boy. Secondary hyperparathyroidism. Whoa, for crying out loud, do me a favor, Grandma. Get off the road and throw away your keys.
We're back with Sherry Guilford. She, she on the break, she ran around the building a couple times. I know, times. she swam a couple laps, Absolutely. too. She's already back here. Absolutely. Wow, you're amazing. We need some tips. So what do we got to do? What is, I know you the know, benefits. Yeah, because, you but, know, Sherry, I, I really, I, I actually really don't feel like exercising. I'm so tired from either the dialysis or not having, you know, a regular kidney. How do I do that? Well, there's a lot of ways you can start, and that's the biggest thing is just to start. Because, you know, you can think, well, I'd love to be really energized. I'd love to be doing this. But if you don't start somewhere, you can't end up anywhere. I've found out the hardest thing for everyone is that first step and literally a first step. So what I encourage people to do is start small. Just start walking around your, your neighborhood. Walk, Take a little walk. Take your dog out. You know, go around the block. Maybe go to a park where it's really pretty and it motivates you to walk. Or you a need- mall where there's sales. Well, Oh, please. The problem with the mall is you get distracted by shopping. And and then you don't exercise. And the problem with the mall. You get to carry the bags. It's great exercise. But the problem with the mall with me, I, you know, walk around the mall, but then I stop at hot dog on a stick. Uh, Yeah, well, that probably won't help. No. (laughs) But that's really the the biggest thing, the key that I want to give to people is just start somewhere and do something you enjoy doing. If you enjoy being out in the outdoors, you enjoy gardening, you enjoy, you know, maybe you like to ride your bike, you're not that energized and it's hard for you, but you always like to ride a bike, maybe just get your bike out and ride it up the street. Or, you know, just take a nice walk and start to increase every day, just do a little bit more. Go, you know, go for a week around the block once. Then the next week, go around the block twice. And also stretching is a very good thing to do, and anyone can do stretching. Even if you're in a wheelchair, you can stretch. You can do different simple stretching exercises. You can do things with your arms and lift them up over your head, and you can feel your muscles stretch. You don't even need an exercise book. You can just you know, stretch your arms over your head and feel those muscles stretch. That gets your blood circulating. Once your blood is circulating, even if you have anemia and low blood count, you will start to feel a little bit better. Your brain will start functioning better. You'll just start to really pick up on life. And again, I want to encourage you, once you start, don't stop. Another good way to to motivate yourself is get somebody who can do it with you. Find your spouse, like my husband. He dragged me up the hill. Or, you know, just find a good friend that can be available during a time you want to take a walk or you want to go out and do something different. Maybe you, you know, there's a million things. I'm going about it all wrong. The two things I did wrong from what you're telling me now is I found somebody to do it with me. Uh, the guy who, he has a cardboard sign that says, we'll work for exercise. <laughs> he wasn't motivated at all. And the other thing is, I used to live on a hill too, and I would walk down the hill, but the only thing is I, I would take a taxi back up. So I, I think I'm doing going about it the wrong way, correct? I, I think so, yes. You can find ways, and that's one other thing, is write down the, the reasons you don't exercise. Because if you know the reasons you don't exercise, then maybe you can try to find specific ways to over, overcome those barriers to why you don't exercise. I know my biggest excuse is like, I don't have time. And I know mm-hmm. that's such a stupid excuse because you have to make time to exercise. So the best time for me to exercise is to get up in the morning and exercise because by the end of the evening, I'm too tired to exercise. Right. If you do it as like part of your daily routine, you know, you say, I got to exercise from 9 to 9.30 or whatever. You just mm-hmm. make it part of your appointment book. Right. You know? No, I know. I actually, after I had my double knee replacements, I had uh, 
scheduled to go to the gym three times a week to meet a trainer. And it really is helpful to have to meet somebody because if you have to have your own schedule and say, oh, I'll just show up when I want to, it never seems to work for me anyways. So it's good to have a buddy. I bought a Stairmaster, you know, and I tell you, it holds so many clothes. I I just... (laughs) I just throw my clothes over the stairmaster. I, I was watching TV the other night, and I don't know that guy. Is his name Tony Little or something? He's got that gazelle, and he makes you dizzy after a while. He's like going back and forth on a what ski. What are you? A gazelle's an animal. What are you? No, talking it's called about the gazelle. Again? It's some kind of exercise contraption. If you stay up late at night and you start watching television, you'll see every single exercise contraption <laughs> in the world. And at the end of the day, the thing that works the best is biking, walking, dancing. Yeah, stuff you can do yourself. Yes, I know, but they just make it so enticing that this piece of equipment will Mm -hmm. change your life. Actually, Suzanne Summers became a millionaire. Yeah, it did change her life, didn't it? (laughs) She became the thigh master. Well, you know, there's probably about a million households in the United States that have some stair machine or some other kind of machine collecting dust in their basement. I know my parents bought a bicycle machine once and my dad was supposed to use it. Well, he used it about two times and then, you know. It became a clothes hanger. Yeah. You know, the TheraBands are good. I used to yes. travel with those and the little rubber the bands. They're called TheraBands and they're like resistant mm-hmm. rubber bands and you can stretch them and they're easy to travel oh, with. i to get those and you shoot them at people. Shoot them at people. <laughs> <laughs> and then you but run away from them when I they know. try to attack you. That's the exercise. <laughs> and the other one I like is the big red ball that you sit on. Yes. And you, it's really great. I have one in the <laughs> office. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> A big red ball that you sit on. Now, how is that exercise? <laughs> well, it, it actually is good for your core because it makes you balance. Are you, and your core? Is that the same thing as your buttocks? <laughs> No, your core, it makes you sit up straight. Oh. Right. makes you sit up straight and oh. balance. So you have to, like, that's one of the reasons I went boating one time, and I was sitting on the edge of the boat, and it was, when I got home, I couldn't move. It was mm-hmm. because you're trying to balance the whole time, and those little movements make such a difference. They really because do. Because you have to hold your stomach in and keep your back straight oh, so you don't fall over. Uh, that's why you're so good after a Christmas party, and you can keep your balance, because you're really wobbly after that <laughs> Oh, <one>. God. <laughs> oh, I don't catch a break. But anyways, um, I the real goal of this is so I can outrun Steven. <laughs> uh-huh. That's not hard, though. We're going to have a marathon, and that's I'm going to beat hard. him. I'm going to be there. <laughs> so what, what are some of the exercises you recommend, especially for kidney patients? Well, I think starting out with stretching is a very good thing to do, even if you're in a wheelchair. I actually read a book once that talked about how um, small weight-bearing exercises and just building that up, like if you can only lift a can of soup at first, that that really helps build your bones. And they did a whole study with people in a nursing home that were in wheelchairs, and they started doing small weightlifting, or they call them weight-bearing exercises with these people. They took x-rays before and after. They actually built bone by doing weight-bearing exercises. So you start with like consomme and work yourself up to lentil, right? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) The light soup we start with, right? (laughs) And after you exercise with it, you can eat it. (laughs) Long as it's low sodium. Right. But also the other thing, as I'd like to say, is, you know, Lori was saying, well, when do I do it? A lot of people say I'm too busy. And actually, a lot of units now are using a little bicycle machine. You know, I was going to ask you, can you exercise while you're doing dialysis? Because you, you have so much time. Well, exactly. You can do certain things, and you need to be watched carefully because when you're exercising, sometimes it can do weird things to your blood pressure. You have to right, talk to your true. doctor. And or right, you, you have to talk to your doctor. Or something like that. But there are units that do 
do have those programs. So check with your unit. But also just finding a time that works good for you and sticking to that time, keeping on a schedule, just like, you know, you have a doctor appointment, you're going to be there for that doctor appointment. Yeah, just schedule it in your daily routine. And figure out, does morning work best for you? Does noon work best? Does evening work best? Whatever works best for you, make it a priority. Because, you know, we get up and we take a shower. That's a priority, right? Because we don't want to well, smell bad. Some of and, us take a shower. <laughs> and how often do you exercise, Sherry? I exercise three times a week. And I used to hardly be able to, to even walk a mile. Now I'm running a half of a mile. And I also do a lot of stretching exercises. I do some weightlifting exercises. And it's just a matter of disciplining yourself. As you start to feel better, it's a real big motivator. So if you can get through that time when you're not seeing a difference yet, and then you start to feel better, you will not go back to not exercising. So I really encourage people to try and stick with it somehow, whether it's, you know, getting a friend to do it with you, joining a gym so that you're paying money and you don't want to, you know, lose your money, whatever way that will motivate you to do it. You know, maybe your dog has to go out for a walk three times a day. That's what I do because I, I have a big dog and I, I walk my dog and he's really powerful, mm-hmm. you know, so. He um, can pull you up the hill. He pulls me up the hill. <laughs> That's great. Exactly. Do you ever ride him? Yes. No, not yet. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's great to take him for a walk because he's so energetic about it and, and I can feed that energy into myself. Well, That's I don't great. know about you, but I'm ready to go exercise. <laughs> Let's right, go play. So Let's go, go ahead, play some, Laurie, I think I'm going to go exercise. play some basketball. I am inspired. Yeah, even though you're three feet tall, you're going to play basketball. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to say one more quick thing. Swimming is an excellent exercise, especially for people who have weak bones or Correct, they, just, yes. they don't Absolutely. have a lot of movement. Swimming gives you enough of um, resistance. A, a resistance. Thank you. That you can build your, your muscle a little bit at a time. You can build your bone strength. You can build your balance. All of those things. And a lot of places have a swimming class that people can join. Right. I, my nephrologist actually recommended, uh, you know, a lot of water exercise for me. And mm-hmm. also, he, it was something he called, it's called a water jogger. And it's, oh, yeah. it's a foam rubber belt that you put around you. Yes. It creates resistance. I don't need a belt to jog in the water. I can just float and, and But just And it came with this videotape, <laughs> and the videotape shows you all these exercises yes. that you can do in the water. And it's it's pretty amazing. It really is. And, of course, is. we're coming up on summer, people, so this is a great time to start pool exercises. Right. And you want to look really good in your Speedos. <laughs> yes. Hello? Hi, Mom. Boy, that was some storm last night, huh? We actually lost power for a few minutes. Oh, you think that was bad? You should have seen the one back in 52. Well, now that you're on dialysis, you should really have a plan in case of an emergency. Ha! Last emergency I had was when you got your head stuck in the hamster cage. Scared the little fellow to death. Those big eyes just staring at him. I'm talking about emergencies, like severe weather, earthquakes, or power outages. What if there was no water or transportation to get you to dialysis? It's important to be prepared. You mean like carrying important medical information? Or asking your facility for alternative arrangements for treatment? Or preparing emergency stock of supplies, foods, and medicines? Or learning what diet to follow if your dialysis must be delayed? You already knew all this? I've got to run, Sonny. I'm late for taekwondo. Bye, Mom.
Well, I don't know about you, but I think I need to go out and start exercising. I've already ran around the block during the commercial break. <laughs> You know, she, we have uh, a plan. We need to come up with a competition. Now, uh, how many... Uh, maybe we should start walking to the studio. A walk-a-thon. <laughs> yes. It, it doesn't matter you that I live about 60 <laughs> miles from the studio. But no, you know, she's a really good attitude, very wonderful, you know, and, and just, you know, it's, it's really important to keep a, a, a healthy, lively, busy life. Yes. And she, how she started to exercise and just kept with it and... F- after five months, she saw the results. I mean, that's what's really incredible because I think you start something, you don't see any results, and you're like, oh, it's not worth it. So I am totally motivated, and I'm excited to get started. And In fact, I think, wow, I can't wait to go shopping. Well, that's not exercise. Well, it is if you actually, I actually talked to her on the side, and she said if I actually don't buy anything and walk around the mall, it can be classified as exercise. Well, like, so if I, if I go to the, run to the bathroom, you know, during a commercial break, do you consider that exercise? We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. The opinions, recommendations, statements, and advice contained on Kidney Talk are for information only. You should not use the information on the show to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without first consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult with your health care provider about any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition or dietary regimen.